Well, the grain market this week was almost as foggy as our weather on a few of the days, and it's been kind of hard to get a handle on anything specific, driving the market mostly down this week. We did have one day of mild recovery, so nothing definitive in the market, which makes the slightest little wrinkle in South American weather seem even more important than it would be otherwise, especially given the Brazilian soybean harvest is barely 10%, and Argentine weather that was supposed to get really dry all of a sudden Thursday? I guess it's report that they have having rain. We'll try and sort it all out for you with Coley and Kavanaugh coming up next. And the guys are always brought to you by the great and gracious support of the Allen County Farm Bureau. Right now, the Farm Bureau, as I have mentioned, all hands on deck at the State House for the new session there and a lot of issues that they've been talking about recently. And I'm going to be taking a trip down there and talk to some of those folks here in about a week or so. You know, the Farm Bureau represents the interests of Indiana farm families, and your membership supports that effort. So please go online and consider a, a membership. Go to It Pays to be a member.org. Well, David, why don't we start out with the export sales? Weren't bad this week necessarily, but weren't really anything to write home about. But you know, I think that uh, maybe the rumblings on the street in sort of hushed tones is that China's economy is going to be having more mounting problems. And some are saying recent purchases may be coming off the books with cancellations at some point. But David, let's start with the export sales numbers this past week. Yes, the bean sales were 561, but look at this. China bought 563.4. Wait a minute. Unknown canceled 235 million metric tons, so that kind of messed things up. Also, we saw on wheat 451. Mexico, the big buyer there at 171. Unknown canceled 90.5, and we know who that is. Corn was 955 million metric tons. China, the big, big buyer, 563. 0.6 million metric tons. Boy, did they really load up. And you know what, what we're going to look at later on is the livestock side here. Beef, 22.4 million metric tons. And look at this. Pork was 24.1. Not very far away. Remember, pork was just nailing all kind of export sales and yeah. beef was hurting before. Now it's just the opposite. Mexico bought 9.7 million metric tons of uh, pork. And that was about the biggest buyer out of the 24. I guess the bottom line is we had some pretty decent export sales, but it was toward the bottom end of the range of what was expected. Yeah. And to put things into perspective, the year-to-date corn export sales uh, out of the U.S. are still pretty good at 1.279 billion bushels, and this compares with 911 million last year. So we're running about a third uh, ahead of last year. Soybeans, on the other hand, is 1.394 billion bushels, and that compares with a year ago at 1.665. So the bean sales are lagging, and I have to say that the decline is mostly by the reduction in beans being bought by China. It's down 240 million bushels from a year ago. So the problem is with China. Their economy is hurting, and they are not buying as many beans out of the U.S. as they typically do. Yeah. Do you, as well as I, agree that we should expect more cancellations? Well, here's the problem we have, Rob, is that beans out of South America could be bought by China right now at a dollar a bushel cheaper than out of the U.S. Yeah. This is as of the middle of January. Those numbers do change. This advantage is going to continue to shift as as more and more that the bean crop is harvested in South America. When we got to get into late uh, February and March, that's when typically the bean sales out of Brazil take over and the U.S. is left behind. So right now, it's a dollar a bushel difference. That's going to grow. And yet we have 170 million bushels of unshipped 
beans that are destined for China. There's a good chance that with oh, that yeah. kind of a difference, which is probably going to get greater, that we're going to see cancellation show up and bean purchases shifted from the U.S. to Brazil. So therefore, U.S. soybean exports uh, for the balance of the season are kind of going to drop very sharply. Not a good outlook at all. No, and David, you know, uh, we're still debating, you know, some estimates are down in the mid-130s, and, and still there's a number of people that are up in the 150 and 155 range. There's still some 158s out there. David, how are you looking at that? Well, we've seen that before here, is that when you've got a variable crop, it's almost impossible to get the total crop until you start to harvest, and that's what I think we're seeing in Brazil, because the satellite data doesn't look as bad as when you're on the ground, and you can see how much the beans are suffering and how some of them are trying to go into reproductive stage. So it looks like the southern part and the southern central part of Brazil is too wet, way too wet with flooding. And the central and northern part of Brazil is on the drier side right now. But Argentina got some good news this week. They found out that China, for the first time ever, they want to buy wheat from Argentina. Hmm. Boy, they must be switching over to shredded wheat over there in uh, China for breakfast <laughs> cereal. So, uh, David, talk to us about the weather down there. Hot and dry weather in Argentina. It's uh, been a continued concern. Below normal rainfall expected to continue across Argentina for the next 10 days or so. That seems to be the forecast that most agree is going to be happening. And then, then it gets this random report that they've got rain on the way. What are you hearing? It's El Nino. That's what I'm hearing. It's more powerful than expected. The previous times we'd have El Nino come up a little bit and then it would go right back down to La Nina, which, of course, makes it very wet and too cool down there. Now they're looking at hotter and drier weather. And with El Nino there, that is going to give us all sorts of confusion. And we haven't seen that in the U.S. Look at all the rain that the western part of the U.S. has gotten. Look at the southern part of the U.S., how much rain they've gotten. That's all based in El Nino. So the El Nino weather is what is making us think they've got a great crop when maybe isn't as great as we thought. Hey, but I don't, let's say they do go through uh, 10 days of dry weather. Crops can handle that. If it lasts longer than that, it could become a problem. But in conflict with what you're saying there, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange just came out this past week and they raised the production estimate on soybeans by half a million tons to 52.5 million tons. And they increased corn production by one and a half million tons to 56.5 million tons. Even with problems in Brazil, the South American total bean production currently is expected to exceed the previous record high by 20 million tons. Folks, that's not positive. These grain places down there are just like us, the propagandists. They're trying to put out the best crop they possibly can. Look what the <laughs> USDA did to us with the latest crop production number. They're trying to say, we grew it better than anybody else. David, they wouldn't want to be putting out information that's going to cause prices to go lower. They want prices to go higher. So I don't agree with your logic at all. You should, because look at lobbyists, what they're doing in Washington. All right, I think we'd be- Beat that dead horse. So, John, you ran across some numbers this week about projections for this next crop year. SP Global, which is used to being informer, they look for corn acres to drop by 1.6 million, and they look for yield a trend of 181.5. They also have record demand 15 billion. That'll leave us with a 2.6 billion carryover, and that's with fewer corn acres. They expect bean acres to increase by almost 2 million, and they oh. look for a yield of 52.8. Eight with stocks at 294 compared to this year's estimate of 280. So that's fairly stable on the soybeans, despite having more acres. Hmm. Guys, what I'm seeing right now is the bean corn ratio just slightly favors soybean 
things. So how are we going to have that much of a shift? The reason is weather for this spring is looking to be wetter the latter half of April and then through May. That could push back a lot of planting acres. So that would be less corn acres and more bean acres at that point. But then we might do like the Brazilian farmers do and run out of seed beans. <laughs> well, that could be too. But I don't see how you can make projections today based upon what you think the weather might be next spring. I think when SP Global did this, I think they were looking at economics. And I wonder if those numbers might not be a little bit out of date that they're using numbers back when soybeans were more profitable than they currently are. And they may have changed their ideas. Let's move on to ethanol. The severe cold recently took a big bite, John, out of ethanol production, down about 25% over the last month to its lowest point in three years. And that, of course, caused stocks to rise commensurately. Seems like in ethanol, we could recover fairly quickly. Uh, but tell me what your thought is. I think the fact that we had that kind of a cutback in production is not surprising at all with how bitter cold it got. And I think that thing will turn around with the weather having warmed up as much as it has. We'll see that bounce back very quickly. Yeah. Now, you remember here not long ago when I think it was Spirit Airlines took a transatlantic flight on 100% sustainable aviation fuel. Well, the world's first sustainable aviation fuel plant opened this week, David, in Georgia, setting the stage for a huge new market for ethanol and farmers. And Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack, he says that by 2030, the demand is going to be like about 3 billion gallons of ethanol a year for the entire industry, not just out of that plant, but for the entire year. David, does that work for you or is that a little bit of a stretch? No, it's not a stretch. No, because I think the ethanol industry is they're trying to make themselves look as good as they can, especially if they're going to switch to ethanol-based fuels. And so I think this could be even better than we expected. You know, we saw the EVs fail this week week super hard because <laughs> the cold yeah. weather destabilizing them. So I think people are going to be more prone to flying instead of trying to take an EV across the U.S. Anytime you get federal government behind it, and certainly the military as well, who've made big commitments to sustainable aviation fuel, I think there's probably a lot of good for that industry going forward. David, speaking about a lot of good, we were looking at the prices this week for livestock, particularly uh, cattle. And, <laughs> wow, uh, that's got to be, what, in the top 10% in terms of high prices for beef? It does. And the number of beef cattle in the feedlots could be the lowest in many, many years because it takes a while to take the beef cow and produce the beef calf that becomes the beef herd. And that's the big problem right now is that we're still looking at lower numbers of cattle. Beef's looking strong, so is pork. Pork was uh, higher on Friday. Plus, we're seeing futures sharply higher up 90 and cattle futures up over 100. So that tells me one thing to watch here very carefully is the cattle on feed reports because that could be hurting our corn usage and our bean meal usage. Now, were you surprised by that beef export number this past week? Yes, I was. Especially, it's been like nine or seven million metrics and suddenly see it up to 22 even. I think the demand for beef on exports is growing and I think everybody's realizing our beef tastes good and they like it. All right, Kavanaugh, what do you got for the final word today? Well, just a little interesting tidbit that I ran across this week that I think people might find kind of interesting. We all know that China population is actually tending toward the downside because back in 1980, they went to the one-child policy. Putting that into perspective, China's annual Annual births peaked in 1963 at 30 million. In 2023, annual births was the lowest for many, many years at only a little over 9 million. Holy cow. Pretty impressive, frankly. And Rob, you mentioned that China's current population is about 1.4 billion. And not that far out, it's going to potentially drop to 1 billion. So we just don't have any good news about China, do we, when it comes to demand? No, but it does set the stage for India to become one of our next 
big yes. export market. So watch for that. Coley and Kavanaugh made possible by support from the Allen County Farm Bureau. Your local Indiana Farm Bureau support Indiana agriculture. And I mean in every way, from the classroom programs for kids to political action. Like the work they're doing right now during the current session to make sure lawmakers know the important issues to Hoosier farm families. When you support the Farm Bureau with a membership, you're supporting the farmers that feed us. So consider a membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.